Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Geekish Cast, everybody. I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me today is my semi-regular co-host, Paul V. What's up, Paul? Not much, man. How are you? Uh, doing well. How are you today? Very well. That's good. <laughs> Quick shout-out to the Astro Panda Network and Blog Talk Radio, our new uh, network and our new uh, host, which allows us to take live episodes and live call-in episodes. If you are listening live and have something to say, please give us a call at 713-955-0714. And joining us today from the Great White North, uh, I believe actually award-winning writer and director, O. Corbin Salican. What's happening, Corbin? Uh, not much either. I'm just I'm happy to be here. And it is, you're correct, it is award-winning, so I will take that. I, I thought so. And the other, the other news in your department today is that uh, Patterson's Wager is now available on DVD. Yes, it is. It is available on DVD, a special edition with a uh, commentary track and a bunch of extra features, One of it, uh, a copy of which will be coming your way very soon, Jeremy. Oh, fantastic. I, I cannot right. wait. It is my wife's favorite romantic uh, movie of the last five years, probably, and a great little movie. Well, that's, that's really great to, great to hear, and I, I appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, anything you want to let us know you might be working on or something to keep an eye out for, or is that all under wraps right now? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of plugging away at things. I've, I've got a feature script that I'm working on and who knows if that'll go. It's, uh, it's, uh, kind of a ghost story about two, two sisters whose lives are forever changed after one of them befriends a ghost. So that's the little teaser and maybe someday we'll see that thing. I hope so. It sounds like fun. I do like ghost stories. Yeah. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Corbin. Oh no, I, yeah, I, I didn't have anything else to say to that, but uh, I, I hope it gets made. It's, it's the indie film world is a very, very tough place right now. It's very hard to make any money. Yeah, it's indie comics, indie movies. It seems like everything is just kind of tapped out of cash these days. Yeah, digital has ruined the arts. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it digital? I mean, you know, I can't really say I'm outside of it, but it also seems to me like a severely risk-averse environment anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's that, and I think it's it, when you don't need a hard copy of something anymore, when you can just replicate it infinitely, then a lot of people just, I mean, there's a whole generation that the idea of actually paying for content really doesn't occur to them. And you don't kind of, it's hard to get that back. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, 
I went to the, you know, I bought my CDs, you know, before that it was LPs and, uh, and tapes and, and I went and bought comic books, but people now like with movies, they just, you know, I'm, there's so many people that they probably, the last time I didn't know they, the last time they went to a movie, they just, they just rip it. They download it for free. So I don't know it's, it's really tough, and, it's, and definitely once Blockbuster died, when the DVD market died, that was, a, that was just this guaranteed revenue stream, and so that, that really hurt indie film in a big way. Yeah, because like Netflix and Amazon On Demand, they don't pay anything, really, do they, to the filmmakers? No, no. I mean, Netflix pays a little bit. I mean, Netflix rejected my movie, and, uh, and now if you look at the stuff they don't have, I mean, it's different content in, the, in different countries, but they don't carry a lot of movies really anymore. They've got their seems like they're mostly kind of doing TV shows and their own content. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to find stuff out there. So that's the thing. It's iTunes, you get very little from that, too. So, huh. Yeah, that's, um. I, the other day, I was, I can't remember what band it was, some stupid little album. It might have been like the first Marilyn Manson album or something. I thought, oh, I could stop at Rasputin's and grab it. Or I could log on to Amazon, pay $6, and download it in 30 seconds. Yep, and the fact that you would actually but, um, pay is good because there's a lot of people that wouldn't even go that far. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you what. Here's here's part of my my dilemma with that whole thing. Um, I well, as you know, I talk to a lot of uh, small filmmakers and web series creators and independent uh, comic artists, mm-hmm. most of whom have another job besides their creative job. I feel like if I don't pay, well, here's here's the thing. I, I have now bought your movie on disc and on digital, right? Because yep. I feel like if I don't, Corbin is skipping Christmas dinner. That's that's how it feels to me, you know. Well, I appreciate that because it's not. I mean, I would have a Christmas dinner regardless, but I, it's yeah, it's I've, I've it's it's lean times and it's not getting any better. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, I kind of wonder. The fact that we switched to a digital world during the middle of the second worst recession that has ever hit, you know, the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, if people people didn't have the money and started looking for ways to, you know, steal entertainment, and now that now that people are making money again, they're just already in the habit of uh, illegally acquiring uh, intellectual properties. Yep, yep, yep. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like here in Central California, that that recession was hard. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we got us up over twenty percent unemployment here. Wow, and, and that's enough. I mean, you know, you know, most people don't want to do something bad, but if you show them a way to save ten bucks, they're going to yep. save the ten bucks. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah it's, it's about entertainment first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Paul, you're a cut quarter too, right? A what? Cut quarter, uh, cord cutter. Sorry, I'm thinking backwards. Or cord cutter. You don't like have cable or anything these days. You're pretty much all streaming, right? No, yeah, I just stream everything. I got, you know, um, Amazon Prime, so I watch stuff on there. Netflix, Hulu, and I have a Sling TV on my Roku, so it's twenty dollars a month, and it's essentially like watching cable. Hmm. Yeah, that's how. I watch and Sling like, really is. You, what do you get? Fifty channels on Sling? Forty? No, uh, I don't think it's quite that many. I think it's actually only like 20 channels, but that's, that way I can watch my Walking Dead and stuff because I don't download anything. I just, you know, I pay for everything I watch. But So I yeah. to get that 
I figure it was, it's a little bit cheaper that way than just buying the season like on uh, iTunes. And I get a bunch, watch a bunch of other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Corbin, Corbin, are you a cable subscriber or how do you get yep, your localized Yeah, I get cable. Media? I also got Netflix too. So, so both. Okay. But I yeah, buy, yeah, I still um, buy a lot of hard media. I buy a lot of Blu-rays. Like the Barnes and Noble has their 50% off sale for Criterion collection. I, you know, twice a year and I, I hit that up both times. Yeah. You know, one question I always ask and, um, you know, kind of staying on you as a filmmaker, the more and more I get involved with things these days, like for the podcast, the more and more everyday interactions remind me of my job as a salesman. The more you get out and shake hands and pat shoulders and kiss babies, the more one-on-one contact you get with uh, viewers, I have to wonder, does that translate to more sales or do you think that helps at all? What's kind of your thought on that? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, it really is. And, uh, I'm not, you know, this is, this is my first feature, so it's, it's definitely a learning mm-hmm. process, but that's when you read all the articles on indie film, you have to build your base. You have to build your, your, your market. And that's one reason why they often recommend doing like a Kickstarter, not even for necessarily to raise money, just to create a bunch of people who are attached to the project right from the beginning. And okay. I mean, I've heard, I've heard stuff where I've, like, uh, I've been to a couple industry conferences and stuff, and one of the things they talk about now is that producers will cast actors based on their number of Twitter followers. Hmm. So, you know, if you're between an actress that, say, has 5,000 Twitter followers and another one has 40,000, they're going to go with the 40,000 because that's 40,000 audience members that they can potentially hit. So, yeah, it's, oh, wow. it's, a, whole, it's a whole new ball game. Wow. Well, I do know... Um, last year when my wife tried to publish a book, they basically, publishers and agents asked my wife, well, how many readers are you bringing to the table as a new author? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's always that cash 22, you know, you can't, you can't get a publishing deal until you've got readers, but you can't reach readers until you got a publishing deal. Yep. And, and I've even heard filmmakers say, well, you know, do you, do you know how, how often your last movie was um, bootlegged, how many times it was pirated? And they'll, they'll try to use that as a good number, which to me yeah, kind of yeah. seems ass backwards. Yeah, I mean, it's because that's the thing with, for example, on Netflix. Netflix and most VOD, they don't give you any numbers. I think we might have even talked about this last time, how they, yeah. they, ke- they keep all that to themselves. I know they've recently mentioned that um, Stranger Things was their third uh, most popular show ever behind uh, Fuller House, which was number one, and then Orange is the New Black. But that's sort of the most that they will say. And so what that means is if you have a movie and you go to Netflix, you can't sort of say, oh, the last thing I did was watched by this many people, so therefore I think it's worth this much. It's just Netflix gets to, gets to, deter, gets to tell you how much they'll pay for it, and you have no bargaining power. Ugh. That's irritating. Oh. <laughs> yeah, those oh, numbers, are, they're, well, they're mysterious. Who knows what's going on with Netflix? Only they yeah. know. Well, I certainly didn't mean to bring up such a downer conversation there. No, I mean, the thing is, for me, I do it because I love it. So ultimately, if I'm happy with the thing I make, that, that is, that's a success. You know, I'm proud of Patterson's Wager. It's the movie I wanted to make. So I'm really happy. It exi- I didn't go into it expecting to make money. It was... I just mm-hmm. I wanted the movie to exist, so I kind of willed it into existence, both financially and uh, and mentally, and you know, with blood, sweat, and tears. 
Yeah, well, and I'll tell you what. I Like I said, my wife and I are both big supporters of that movie. We've even shown it to other people. And everybody we show it to really likes it. Well, I appreciate that. That's, but that's good to hear. I'll tell you what. When you when you try to describe it to somebody who hasn't seen it, it's kind of an uphill push, though. Yes. Well, there's a, there's a little – I mean, there's just a guy who can see two minutes into the future. Hopefully that's enough of – oh, that's, you know, that's enough of – but if you try to explain any more than that, yeah, it's it's problematic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about something a little bit different then, guys. Corbin, I know you're a big comic book guy. You want to enlighten us as to what you've been reading lately? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, yesterday I was at the comic shop, but there was only one comic in my in my box. It's one of those weird weeks where there's a lot on the shelf, but the only thing on my pull list was the Batman, which I haven't read yet. I'm going to read that after here. Um, oh, okay. good one. Yeah. Well, I saw. I think Jeremy, you did a link to some article about it. But I didn't read it because it's a spoiler, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, it's it's very spoilery. So yeah, it, don't read any of that until you've read the comic. Yep. Yeah, no, no I will. I'm look. I, so I mean, of the DC, Batman's my guy, but I don't know. I mean, I like. I'm. I don't mind the new Batman. I don't read Detective Comics because it's got. I used to read them, but I read Detective Comics for I don't know 25 years. But now, once there's this whole crew with him now I just think it's kind of silly like when Clayface joined the detective team I, thought, I can't that doesn't make any sense yeah but you know what I'll, I'll give them points for trying something mm-hmm. you know what I mean so good, at though. least they tried something it's good detective comics is good yeah I love it okay well maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a try I never, I didn't read any I just thought because I just like Batman by himself I just want to see Batman like the all-star Batman one that Scott Snyder's doing right now I'm enjoying that Definitely. And the Dark Knight. I mean, what do you guys think about the? You guys reading the, the Dark Knight Returns three or whatever it's called? I read the first one oh. and I stopped right there. Hmm. <laughs> it's on my I have the, a, hard, the hard covers on my Amazon wish list. I usually read those all at once when they're out. Yeah, the that's for yeah. that because they're they're pretty far in between for sure. Yeah. Well, my my Frank Miller goodwill was all used up with uh, the Dark Knight Strikes again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was literally all used up at that point. Um, I just the guy. You know, what did he do next after that it was the Holy Terror, which was supposed to be a Batman story, and then he did it with some character he created that just looked like Batman, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. And he he, I don't want to say he's a misogynist and a homophobe, but. His work appears to make him look like a misogynist and a homophobe. Right. Well, but sounds like a duck. Yeah, yeah exactly. Actually, the one that I read That's recently what... that I really liked was uh, A.D. After Dark, or After Death. It's uh, Scott Snyder and... Ma- and uh... Jeff Lemire. The Meyer, yeah. Jeff Lemire. Yeah. It, was it good? I heard it was good, yeah. but it's, it's a lot of prose, though, right? Like, not a lot, it's not like full comic book form. Right, it's sort of half and half, and I, I quite, I really liked it. It's, and it's a bigger book. It's sort of magazine size, or I don't know what you'd call it, but yeah. yeah, no, I liked it. I mean, Jeff Lemire. I mean, I don't know. The guy's writing how many books a month or involved. He's not yeah. writing that one. He's doing the art, but and he's Canadian too. He, yeah, he is. He's Canadian. He writes a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of your countrymen are doing a lot of our entertainment now, uh, Corbin. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, good, good for us. 
Good. No, I, I I think it's fantastic. Um, I was blown away by the exchange rate last week. I'm gonna do like all my grocery shopping in Canada now. Apparently. Yeah, it's it's good for you guys. Not not good at all for me because all my comics now. You know, I'm buy, they oh, yeah. at, the, at the comic shop. They put it in the American currency, so it's oh man. You know, like I mean, the last the today that this week it was only like. like uh, I don't know, not very much, but other weeks, I'm, I'm spending like 35 bucks a week, and I can't, this, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's good yeah. stuff, because there's so much good, I mean, I'm writing a lot of image and all those kind of books, but I don't know. It's worth it. Oh, sure. Um, Paul, what are you reading these days? Uh, I read so much this week, it's not even funny, but the last thing I just got done reading today, I read the first graphic novel of Lock and Key, because I have not read the series yet. Oh, that's a good series. <laughs> so I just started it. It was fantastic, the first one. So, uh, And yesterday I read like 20 issues of the New 52 Swamp Thing series. So, Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, Carl, you, was it you that was talking about the new 52 Swamp thing that you liked? Was it you a couple months ago? I liked, yeah. There, well, there was a kind of a – the Len Wein, uh, Kelly Jones did kind of a sort of an eight oh, issue. Main, yeah. I liked that one. That was, I, like, I like Kelly Jones' stuff a lot because, you know, Bernie Wright's not yeah. doing work anymore, so I'll take Kelly Jones. Yeah, his, yeah it's good. Yeah, Kelly Jones is some yeah, really like, moody artwork. Mm-hmm. He's great, though. I like it. What was the uh, Batman series they did where Batman was a vampire? Blood. Oh Red, yeah, yeah. Red Rain. Red yeah. Rain was the name of that one. That was a that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that. you're in for a treat with Lock and Key, and then that that artist. Uh, I can't remember what his name, but he did um the kind Gabriel of the Rodriguez. yeah he did the 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 Nemo um Nemo in Slumberland that came out a little while ago. Oh yeah, it is one of the most really good. It is one of the most gorgeous things you will ever see. It is unbelievable. I'm gonna have to check that out. I think it won an like an Eisner Award for like, or at least nominated for a miniseries. I'm I'm sure. Wow. I mean, just each, each panel is just a work of, of of beauty. So yeah, that was a remarkable remarkable series. But Lock, Lock and Key is oh that's yeah. Joe Hill, oh, you know, Stephen, King, Stephen King's son. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. I've been reading a lot of horror stuff lately, comics for some reason lately. But it was really good. Yeah, I've been uh, reading, you know, I'm all cut up on Rebirth. Uh, I dumped a couple, some of the titles, though. They just got too ridiculous for me. But I'm still... Which ones did you dump, reading Paul? About half oh, uh, Green Arrow. I'm not reading that anymore. Yeah. I'm about ready to dump the Justice League, <laughs> which is just so bad, but I just like the Justice League characters. Cyborg, mm-hmm. I stopped reading Cyborg after the first couple issues. Blue Beetle wasn't a big, because it's, I don't know, I don't like this new Blue Beetle guy. Uh, <laughs> Harley Quinn, I don't read that one. Suicide Squad, I don't read that one. Uh, I think some of just the smaller ones. But I'm still definitely the Batman stuff and Superman. The Superman title is probably my favorite one. The Rebirth, still that one's just okay. every every week. It's been awesome. And Wonder Woman, probably my two favorites. 
Are you, are you reading yeah. the Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns? Yes. I like that one. That I mean, the art in that's just gorgeous. Yes, I can't remember the name of the artist, but is Sanduval or something. Yes. Yeah. And then it's Ethan Van Sliver comes in every now and then and does an issue. Yes, because it takes him forever to draw. Yep. <laughs> that's the one thing that's been bugging me a little bit is the constant change in artists within the same title. I like mm-hmm. it when it's like a team that works for a long time, and I think it helps the books, in my opinion. Yeah, it yeah. So when you do the bi-weekly, that's kind of what happens, I guess. That's so hard, yeah. Mm. I wish they didn't do that, but... What are you reading, Jeremy? Anything? Okay, so I'm going through a really serious retro kick right now. I am <laughs> yeah. rereading the new Teen Titans from the beginning. Uh, I am on collection. I'm on the uh, volume number three right now. I am also rereading from Caliber Comics uh, the Dead World originals from the late eighties, early nineties. Huh. Uh, it's, it's like one of the earliest oh. zombie comic books. Um, and then I've also been checking out because again, you know, my the people I meet and talk to are all like small. Uh, publishers for the most part so uh-huh. i've been talking to some guys over at source point they recently did the um the tv show holliston had a a comic book spinoff that they're doing a couple issues of and i interviewed the writer um and then i just found out not long ago there's a publisher slash studio in sacramento um called scattered comics and they publish books but the other thing they do is they put together teams of artists and people to work on. So say like you're a writer and you've written a comic, you uh-huh. can then hire you can hire their people to pencil, ink, paint, and hmm. letter your book for you. Oh, wow. So I've been reading I've, I've been reading through some of their stuff slowly. Um, what I'm checking out right now is a book called Caliber uh, by by Shane Wills, I believe is his name, or Shane Will. So I've just been kind of, you know, rereading some really old stuff and then trying to get as much into some of these smaller publishers as I can. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So is the Teen Titans, the, is, that the, is that the Marv Wolfman, George Perez stuff? Yes, it is. Oh, man. that's <laughs> I don't know how George Perez put out that kind of work on a consistent basis, but... Ridiculous. But, but he did it for 30 years. I know, and then he, but he hasn't been able to complete a book since. Like in the last right ten years, he started all these books, and I don't think any of them have ever finished. Uh, yep. No, you're right. He's, wow. he's floundered a lot, but you know he's a little older now. Um, but man, when he was in his prime, he just did some beauties. Oh yeah. And yeah. Well, you know what happened was I was talking to somebody, and we were talking about the Judas contract. Which is coming out animated this coming year, guys. Um, I was just about to tell you that. Directed by Bruce Tim, too. Oh. Yep. Cannot wait. Um, but we were talking about it, and he goes, Well, that's that same story as when Robin became Nightwing. I'm like, I don't think it was that story, but it was around that time period. No, it was like the middle of that storyline. And um, I was like, Oh, God, when's the last time I read that? And then I realized it had to have been around like 1994. And I was like, Jeremy, you need to reread the Teen Titans. So that's what happened there. 
The, the yeah. new Teen Titans is not the same, just so you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you had the rebirth. Damien, the my least favorite DC character ever. I I can't even talk about that little bastard. You know that he, he just <laughs> it irritates me. <laughs> I thought Batman yeah. was a prince, man. It sounds way worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, I already hate rich entitled white guys, but I hate rich entitled white children even more. Apparently. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So did you guys watch, um, speaking of animated, did you guys watch Return of the Cape Crusaders? I did. No, what is, what is that? Oh, God. Okay, Corbin. It is Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin, with Julie Newmar as the Catwoman in an animated movie. Wow. I haven't even heard of that. Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm, that's, I know what I'm checking out next. Yep. It, how long has it been out? Like a month now, maybe? Two months? Yeah, maybe a month, yeah. Yeah. Um, it. I had to go buy ep, uh, episodes of the original 66, Batman and Robin, after I watched that movie. <laughs> Did you watch um, the, the feature length of that movie, which is, I don't know. I, I've got a friend who claims it's the best Batman movie ever made. I have not watched that in a very long time. Um, I might have been a teenager last time I watched it, yeah. But, I mean, I have seen it. It's just been a very long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the scene where he's running around the dock with the bomb and he doesn't know where to throw it because everywhere he goes, it's it's amazing. (laughs) Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. (laughs) And the bat shark repellent. Oh, yeah. Uh, I carry a jar of that with me everywhere I go. Yeah, they're making a sequel, and I'm pretty excited about that. Of the movie? Oh, they yeah. are. Of, of the animated movie, yeah. Oh. They're making a sequel, and William Shatner's going to be Two-Face. Oh, okay, that was what I read it about. See, I read that he was Two-Face, I thought, in this one. But okay, now now I get it. Because when he didn't show up, I was like, okay. Well, yeah, they better get to it, because Adam West sounded like he was dying while recording these voice tracks. <laughs> No, he didn't sound too yeah, bad. Yeah, he sounded pretty. He sounded pretty bad. Well, you remember I saw him just about a year ago, and he didn't look real well. Yeah, he's pretty. He's getting up there in age. Yeah. But it was so uh, easy. Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't uh, Billy D. Williams doing some uh, Two Face in some animated thing too? I thought I read that. Lego. Maybe this is the rumor that he finally got to do it after kind of getting jerked around from the the Tim Burton Batman. Yeah, no, he's, he's doing the Lego Batman. Batman. He, oh, that's what it is, the Lego yes. one, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, that'll be that'll be pretty cool right there. Yeah, the um, that Return of the Cape Crusaders. I, I hope I don't spoil this for anybody. I have another callback from a different show. I'm going to reference here in a minute. There's a line in there where Catwoman says to Batman, "Promise me that we can move away to some Italian village and sip cappuccinos with our thumbs out at a cafe." <laughs> and then he goes, "That's that sounds like a terrible ending." <laughs> so. That's great. Uh, That's so, great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. I know they're watching this weekend. Yeah. The, Corbin, I, I got to tell you, you got to watch it. Um, it took the guys of, uh, you know, our theme band there, Reign of Zeus, who plays our theme music, talked me into it or kind of berated me into it because <laughs> I kept putting it off. 
Um, so did you guys, Corbin, I don't think you're watching any of the stuff on CW right now, are you, the Supergirl or any of that? No, but um, I'm waiting for, uh, although I did hear that Mr. Mexoplex, or however you pronounce his name, is showing up on Superwoman, Supergirl. So, oh, really? Uh, that's, Mixpitalik. Is that how you, okay. Mixpitalik, yes. I don't know how to so, say it backwards, however. So that I'm waiting for just Bruce Wayne or Batman to show up, and I'm just if if that happens, I'm I'm all in. But well, so uh, Paul, did you watch uh, last week's crossover? I still haven't got the crossover because I'm behind on on uh, Supergirl. Okay, I'm all cut off. Well, you know, then Flash. let's hold on. Let's let's start with Supergirl. Then, did you watch the first two episodes of Supergirl from this season? Yes. Okay, so. Tyler Hecklin played Superman. Yep. And he played a very traditional Chris Reeve style Superman. Yeah, I like this. I like this. That Superman. And and I now know what sucks about the new DC extended universe movies. Everyone is grim and and pissed off. They got got sticks up their butts. (laughs) Well, you know what, Paul? It took some juxtaposition. It took some juxtaposition. I had to see a modern version of a non-grim, dark, uh, life-is-terrible Superman Mm. to go, now I remember what we liked about Superman when Christopher Reeves played him. Right. Um, Tyler Hecklin, I thought, I thought his costume was a little goofy. I thought he was amazing as Superman and totally believable. Yeah, his attitude and demeanor was on. Yep. And I thought he was an even better Clark Kent. Yep. Yeah, That's cool. So. You know what? Cause the, the original Superman is my favorite comic book movie of all time. I love that movie so much. So that's – you're getting me – I might have to start watching these these TV shows. Well, here's the thing. I would say season two of Arrow, I would I would tell anybody to watch anytime. Most of the Flash, I would say, jump on it. Um, Supergirl is such a ray of sunshine. I don't know how people don't watch it. Mm. Um, Legends is the second of Tomorrow season of Arrow with Deathstroke. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. And that's what makes that one. That's what makes that one so good. It was the guy that played. Um, oh, I don't remember. He was in Spart- uh, Spartacus. Yeah. Yeah, he was, was the uh, the gall on Spartacus. Gaul. I can't think of the character. Yeah. Gaul on yeah. Okay. Okay. Manu Bennett's the actor. I can't think of the okay. character yeah. to save my life. It was but, all downhill. Uh, he was. It it has been well, like you said last uh, when you were in the area last winter, Paul, and you said, "Can you tell me what the plot is?" And I'm like, mm, "No, no, I really can't." <laughs> That was uh, that was the telling moment for me. Where just like, wow, now there's nothing good going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just bad. Yeah, but last week they did a four uh, four show crossover, um, or so it seemed. What they really did was the very last few minutes of Supergirl was part of the crossover. The entire episode of the of the Flash was part of the crossover. Half of the Arrow, because it was also Arrow's 100th episode, so it did a lot of modeling. Oh, do you remember these guys? And they were all characters I really couldn't give a shit about. So it was kind of, 
Yeah, kind of muddy. Because, like, I'm looking at his mom and dad going, yeah, but you guys were assholes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't really miss you. Um, and nope. then all of Legends. Yeah, and then all of Legends of Tomorrow was it. Still amazing. I think about this. When you when you were a kid, or hell, even five years ago, did you ever think there would be four superhero shows crossing over on TV? Oh, no, no way. And they're all yeah. shot in Vancouver, where I live. Yes, they are. I didn't think Absolutely there would be four are. superhero TV shows. <laughs> yeah. So one of the coolest moments, though, that came out of the end of that, that storyline was um, the uh, the Adam Ray Palmer, played by Brandon Ralph, who also played oh. Superman in Superman Returns, a mm-hmm. halfway good Superman movie, you know, the half that was just a remake of the original Richard Donner Superman. Yeah, great I, teaser trailer. I'll job. give it that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he was great. Um, and also our our pal Sam Huntington, who's been on the show, was great as Jimmy Olsen. I have to say that too. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, but so Supergirl walks up to, and Paul will know the character, uh, Corbin, you won't, but Arrow's right-hand girl is named Felicity. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's, you know, too hot to play the geeky <laughs> chick she's playing, but they have her playing a geeky chick with a ponytail and glasses. And Supergirl walks up with the ponytail and glasses and the Adam is standing next to Felicity and they do their quick goodbyes. Supergirl walks away. Felicity goes, it's like looking in a mirror, and then he stands there for a second. And he goes, "You know, she looks just like my cousin." And then they both look at each other, like, "Wait, what? What did you just say?" <laughs> that if if they had never done those lines, I was going to be pissed. Now I was hoping Supergirl would deliver them, but it was even funnier having Brandon Ralph say it. <laughs> yeah. So that That's was cool. that was pretty. So what do you, do, you, do you think there's any chance of uh, a Batman, Batman Bruce Wayne showing up? I, re- I know that Fox owns the rights to to that, but I've, I was reading some articles saying you know maybe Fox could be convinced. I mean that would that would be super cool if that happened. I think. Yeah, you know I would like to see it. Um, the I don't know. You know they've always treated Batman differently. They've had him. They've had him on his own special licensing deal since the 80s. Um, remember, like, the Death of Superman uh, car, collector cards and shirts and stuff? They had to change Batman to Captain Marvel because of the licensing they had. Huh. You know, Batman's, Batman's their cash cow, and they know it. And they play really safe with him. I would love to see him in one of those shows. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, that to me, I know that it was something that, that Flash episode you did, you're, your co-hosts were talking about just making a Batman show that is smaller. It just it's crime of the week. Like Batman as sort of the mentalist. I would love that show. He just shows up oh, and it's yeah. a case of the week. God, that would be so. That good. would be great. <laughs> you know, you could even do something like that where you you don't see Batman, but you see Bruce Wayne and matches Malone, and then Batman oh. is just this looming threat that's never quite on screen. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. They just yeah, get the, I don't, oh, get the writers of sorry, they just need to get the writers of house to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A while ago there was this um I don't know, a number of years ago, Bob Gale, you know, the guy who wrote Back to the Future wrote a Batman story and it was all about how Batman is an urban legend in his own you know, in Gotham. And it was it was such a cool story. It was it was 
kind of a Marvel's like a Kurt Busiek thing where it's from the point of view of just some kids who one kid claimed he saw Batman and everyone's like, nah, that guy, Batman doesn't exist. And that element of Batman is such a cool thing. So there's yeah, there's so much stuff you could do with a with a Batman kind of Bruce Wayne series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that makes me think of two separate things. Um, identity crisis, where you don't even see Batman for the first half, besides in like a flashback here and there. You know, he's just a note pinned to the wall or a shadow passing through the room. Mm. Where, you know, Batman's presence is more important than Batman himself in that case. But also, back in the old days, and I can't, I think Neil Adams, uh, Neil Adams drew it, and I think Denny O'Neill wrote it, but I can't remember what it was. But it was Bruce Wayne takes a bunch of kids camping. Yes, I know that one. Yeah, they start telling stories about what Mm -hmm. Batman's like. And, you know, one guy has him as a vampire or a werewolf, you know, like all these big, horrible things. And then at the end, all the other kids are asleep, and Bruce Wayne, you know, pops out in his Batman costume and says something to him. The kid's like, nah, that's not even scary, dude. That is (laughs) amazing. Yeah, no, I've got that. I've got that story in a sort of a, a jumbo Batman Neil Adams collection. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that was Denny O'Neill who wrote that one, right? That, it, probably. It sounds right. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. yeah, who knows? My memory gets slippery these days. Yeah, well, as long as Neil Adams isn't writing it, did you read that Neil Adams those Batman series that he did recently? Odyssey. Okay, I got to tell you guys, I. I got to tell you guys something. I just recently cleaned out my uh, part of my garage, and I, Paul, I found a lot of my long boxes from the nineties. Nice. <laughs> and in there were some Neil Adams Continuum Nighthawk comics. <laughs> I tried to burn them, but not even fire would consume them seriously. I mean, I don't understand how he fits that many words in a in a speech bubble on a panel. I mean. The, <laughs> His stuff is like that. Those last series he did, where Batman went into some subterranean lair and there were dinosaurs, and it was just the craziest things I've ever. I didn't even know what happened. They were just nuts. Yep. Well, yeah. I know what you mean. But here's you know now I think all all of us have met Neil Adams at least at shows and that sort of thing, right? I haven't. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Real cool guy, right? So I, I'm not. Yeah. I can't say too much bad about him, but yeah, his storytelling was not up to the standard that I feel a story should be to get published by a professional company. How's yeah, that? He just he should he should draw it. He just he shouldn't be the guy yeah. writing it. Just his name, yeah. you know. Well he's also he's mm-hmm. also he's also got like weird theories about gravity and shit too. Yeah, I've heard he's like a big coast to coast guy, I think. Yeah. If I remember right, he was. But I, I had to quit reading like some of the stuff he wrote because I'm just like, oh God, it's the time cube all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, either one of you got something out there you wanna you wanna give a shout out to? Have people check out because we're down to about six minutes left on our show here. Uh, well, I can I will recommend the last really good movie I saw, which was Arrival. Sure. That's, oh, that's I have not. You know, you know the one with Amy Adams and about the the alien spaceships that show up on Earth. Yes, yes I heard it was really good. It's it's amazing. It's directed by Denny Villeneuve, uh, another Canadian, who's who is currently shooting uh, Blade Runner two. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was the same guy. All right. Yep. Yeah, but it's Arrival is 
Oh, it's my favorite movie of the year. Next to next to Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon's my second favorite. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. I cried. <laughs> no, Jeremy yeah. Renner. And, uh, right. Yep, Jeremy Renner. Yep. My good buddy Jeremy. Well, we're here's the thing. Paul knows Jeremy. Paul can't get Jeremy on the show because Paul's not a good executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a long Nothing, time. Nothing, Paul? Nothing at all? Okay. So maybe well, he's maybe not your so, yeah. good pal then. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to get him. Jeremy's got an interesting career. He's good because you know, he's in two freak franchises and, and he's you know doing interesting films. So it's, yeah, I like him. He's a little busy, Jeremy. Well, you know, yes. I know, I know. My, my wife went to school with him and the first thing we saw him in, he played Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> And she's like, oh, his locker was like three down from me. And he was actually a really good Jeffrey Dahmer. He was very believable as a Jeffrey Dahmer. Huh. <laughs> he's actually a really good actor. I can't, I can't talk too much about him. Oh, he's great. Yeah, no, he, he really is. Um, did you guys see uh, um, Doctor Strange? Heck yeah. I, I did okay. not. Paul... Was it just me, or was that the magic version of Iron Man? Um, no. No? Okay. No. I don't think so. Irresponsible, irresponsible rich guy sees a larger world, suddenly develops a streak of responsibility, and then saves the planet. That's, that's, that's pretty much where it ends, though. Okay. I mean, they... And I mean that was the 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 Lord. I mean that that's then you could say that Doctor Strange is just in the comics is a rip off of Iron Man because it's the same thing. But I can definitely like, say the Green Lantern. I can definitely say the Green Lantern movie was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. I mean there was definitely similarities between um, Tony Stark and and Stephen Strange, but that's other than that, the story was completely different. Okay. You know, it wasn't like someone in his company trying to take over and all this stuff, you know. No. Yeah. I just, I just no, I mean, overall, overall, I liked it. it. It did kind of follow that same, the Marvel villain characters aren't that. Uh-oh. I think we've had somebody knock on the door, and now my dogs are all freaking out. <laughs> um, but it was that same, you know, the Marvel movies kind of have a villain issue. You know, where the, the villain is just kind of there, but isn't really a, an overpresent threat, right? And that was kind of the, the main thing that stood out about uh, Doctor Strange to me. Uh, yeah, they they have lots of throwaway villains, but you know they're they're building up to bigger villains. It's just oh, like absolutely. just like when you read just like when you read comics, you know they they have lots of uh, smaller time villains that come in just just to get their butts kicked, you know. Like that's the, mm-hmm. that's what they are. They're not like these giant villains like Thanos and uh, you know that are real threats to the the planet. There's all these smaller villains, and even though I would say Dormammu is a, a huge villain, but that was a great scene, by the way. I don't want to. I did like that. <laughs> that was awesome. It, it, it almost had like a Doctor Who feel to it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. It was entertaining. I, super. It, it was a little different. I dug it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to Logan. I think Logan might be. 
something interesting. The more I see, the more I like the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trailer looks amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. It'd be even cooler if Fox had the rights to Hulk so they could actually do the old man Logan storyline. But oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> yeah. But they um, really can't do anyone from the story, like, other than Logan. Like, that's yeah. like the only person they can use. Well, they'll get as close as they can. I mean, look at Civil War. They did everything they could do, and Civil War was still really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I do like that. All right. Guys, we are down to our last 30 seconds before i got to play the music here. So, Corbin, if people want to check you out on the interwebs, where can they find out more about you? Uh, uh, at, you can go to pattersonswager.com. Um, if you want to order actually a DVD, you can send an email to Patterson's, uh, Patterson's Wager at gmail.com. And I'm also on Twitter, uh, Corbin Salican at on Twitter. So, yeah, I'm around. All right. Paul, you want to give out your Twitter handle real quick? Yeah, at PaulViera79. All right, and everybody can catch us at geekishcast.com. I tweet from at the geekishcast. We are now part of the Astro Panda uh, Productions Network and on Blog Talk Radio. Corbin, thanks for coming on. Paul, it was nice chatting with you again. Everybody, we'll catch you all later. And right now, Raina Zayas is going to play us out. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure as always, Jeremy. Yeah, I think we're all off air now. All right. I'm going to be. I'll be seeing Fred next week, so I'm going to get him to sign the DVD for you, and then I'll ship it off after that. Oh, awesome! That's great. Hey, thanks for doing that, Corbin. I appreciate that. No, absolutely. It's the least I can do. Watch it. There, I can do a lot less. So. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I figured I was going to be shipping that thing to and from Vancouver a couple of times. You know. No, no, no. Yeah, so that that'll work out. That'll work out just well. No, that's great. I I really appreciate you offering to do that. That was really cool. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, did I send you? Because I know I asked you about writing that thing. Did I send you my really shitty outline for my comic book idea? No, you didn't. I, I'd be interested to read it for sure. It's. I mean, it's it's like two pages of halfway thought out ideas, but it kind of lays down the major beats and the idea. And I just I was thinking I might just send it to you just for shits and giggles. Yeah, please do. Please do. Right on. All right. I don't know if this thing still records or how this works, but, guys, thank you for doing this. Corbin, hey, anytime again, anytime you want to come on, just let me know, or you know, I'd love to have you back. You're always a lot of fun to talk to. Cool. Yeah, I will definitely come back. Yeah, because yeah, I think, Paul, I think we're going to do this as, as, every Thursday as much as we can, right? Cool, man. I'm down with that. Yeah. Figure it's a good night for it. The week's almost over. Um, this is only our second time, so we don't have callers yet. But you know, I'm sure they'll come in time. Yeah. This, this yeah. Cool. Now I gotta I'll spread the word to get my get some people to call in. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been going through a serious like retro thing for like two weeks now. I like went back and watched all sorts of like old school Southern Texas uh, pro wrestling stuff from the '80s. And then we're reading old comics. I mean, just like a like serious... Like the Von Erichs or something? Were the Von Erichs? Yeah, yeah, that? the Von er- Yeah, the Von Erichs, yes. Oh, my gosh. You are going retro. 
Yeah. So I never. I only could read it. I read about them in wrestling magazines, but we didn't get any of that stuff up here. I got some NWA with Ric Flair and Blanchard and Tully Blanchard, those guys, but didn't. I just heard oh, yeah. about the Von Erichs. I've never seen them wrestle. Uh, yeah, well, because it was kind of the thing that they decided they were going to stick to Texas, and that was it, period. Hmm. But, um, you and know, what all, happened And they all was killed they were, themselves, didn't they? All like but one. one of them. Yeah, wow. Yep, all but one. The oldest one, the oldest kid died of an electrocution accident when he was like six. David Von Erich's stomach ruptured in Japan, and they the NWA was talking about putting the world title on him. They were talking about having Flair lose to him, which would have been a huge deal. Because you know? um, Flair, Flair did travel up to Canada back in the day, didn't he? He he might have. I mean, I never saw him, but okay. he, he probably um, did. Yeah, because I think there were NWA territories in Canada, but I don't know for sure. But then the next three that died, of the five who died all committed suicide. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Oh, I just got the note. I got to I gotta take us off air, guys. Hey, thank you. I will be in touch with both of you soon, though. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Okay. Later, Bye. guys. All right. Later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh.